Your Excellency, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. My name is Christos Megalou, and I'm the chairman of the Ellen Bankers Association UK. On behalf of the Hellenic Bankers Association and the Hellenic Observatory of the London School of Economics, I'd like to welcome you this uh, very glorious, almost Greek perfect weather day <laughs> to this event. The HBA and the Hellenic Observatory are always interested in promoting <coughs> the dialogue on Greece, and with this event today, we want to advance the debate of what needs to be done to get Greece out of a crisis that has not been seen uh, in the world before. And there are burning questions and growing debates among simple people economists, policy makers, as well as market participants. Is this the right policy mix? Is the Greek debt sustainable post-PSI? Can Greece get its way out of the crisis within the Euro framework? How does Greece become investable? as a lot of investors seem to feel that uh, is in a recessive spiral and that uh, the country uh, will possibly have to go out of the euro in order to grow. Obviously, we don't expect that we will have all the assets here in this, uh, in this debate, but we owe it to ourselves to have the debate. And for each region, the Hellenic Observatory and the HBA have assembled an outstanding panel of experts who kindly accepted to give us their views and answer questions. We have Vicky Price, who is a Senior Managing Director in FTI, Economic Consulting Practice. We have Moritz Kramer, which is a Managing Director and Head of the Sovereign Ratings Group at Standard and Poor's. We have Paul Thompson, a Deputy Director of the European Department of the IMF and in charge of the Greece and Portugal program. And Dimitris Vaskalopoulos, who is a Chairman of the Board of the Hellenic Federation of Enterprises. The debate will be chaired and, and uh, coordinated by Kevin Featherstone we'll have a few minutes of presentations from uh, each speaker, and then we have plenty of time for questions and answers. Kevin. Thank you, uh, Christophe, very much. Uh, I'd like to give a warm welcome to all of you uh, here. It's obviously a highly topical, uh, important debate. As uh, Christophe has mentioned, no doubt there are very strong views uh, on this uh, sensitive uh, subject. Uh, we look forward to hearing the um, debate and the discussion. Uh, of course, we win arguments on the basis of allowing each other to speak. And I am going to invite shortly uh, each of the panelists to uh, make a short presentation. 
I will then uh, try to follow up with a few brief questions on the basis of what they've uh, presented, and then I'm going to open it up uh, to you. So there should be plenty of time uh, for uh, questions and answers. We expect uh, strong interrogation, but we also uh, respect uh, freedom of speech. And uh, let me move on, uh, simply to say that uh, I will uh, now introduce uh, the speakers uh, in turn, perhaps in a less uh, formal way uh, than would normally be the case. Uh, our first speaker, uh, Moritz Kramer, uh, from Standard & Poor's, uh, I simply note, uh, Moritz, by way of introduction, that Standard & Poor have uh, downgraded Eurozone countries, I think, 36 times uh, so far. Uh, research by the European Central Bank has shown that each one-notch downgrade uh, for Greece has added at least 1% for Greece's borrowing uh, costs. Uh, so I do wonder about uh, whether you'd like to say something about the role of Standard & Poor in this uh, crisis. But secondly, this is actually the second time that Moritz has um, accepted our invitation to come and speak at the LSE. Uh, just a matter of a few weeks ago, I was chairing a panel where Moritz uh, spoke, and I quote his words uh, precisely. By March the 20th, Greece will have defaulted. It is not a question of whether this will happen, but of whether it will happen earlier. I looked at my watch. I believe it's March the 28th. Uh, Greece has not had a disorderly default. Uh, we look forward to your forecast this evening, Moritz. <laughs> Please. Thank you very much, uh, Kevin. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, these are um, questions I had not anticipated, but I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to take them. Um, starting with the last one, yes, Greece did default. Of course, Greece defaulted. Um, the uh, restructuring of the debt is a default, as defined in most people's minds, uh, meaning that as a creditor or an investor, you get less than what you were originally promised. Um, that's a default. Um, whether you want to attach the label voluntary or not is a completely secondary and actually irrelevant issue because uh, uh, the degree of voluntariness is uh, in the eye of the beholder and um, it is not usual practice for investors to voluntarily uh, forgo more than half of what they're owed. Um, so uh, yes, I stand by this and they actually defaulted before March the 20th. Um, <laughs> The, the other question that you raised about the role of rating agencies uh, is, is an excellent one. Um, and um, I have to try to squeeze as much information into the few minutes that you've allotted to me um, um, to, to clarify and, and, and debunk some of the myths that are circulating. The, um, a credit rating uh, for a company or a sovereign state is uh, a forward-looking opinion on likelihood of default, on creditworthiness. It's not more than that, it's not less than that, but certainly it's not more than that. Um, and uh, what we have been signaling um, for many years is that the creditworthiness of Greece is deteriorating. Um, if I uh, may say so, the first downgrade of uh, Greece um, by Standard & Poor's uh, happened in the year 2004. So that's um, not quite a decade ago, but almost. Uh, this was still when the party in the, uh, in the capital markets, but also the spending and credit boom in the country went on and on and on for a number of years. Um, I, I would say that as a credit rating agency, we were the first ones to, uh, to, to uh, 
put up the alert, um, whereas the markets continued to treat pretty much everyone in the Eurozone, including Greece, as the same risk uh, as Germany. Greece could borrow at uh, 18 basis points uh, or so above Germany. That uh, may not mean very much to all of you, but basically it means at the same conditions. Um, this now is, uh, is, of course, no longer the case. At that time, also, we had the European partners sort of, um, sort of not discouraging the imbalances that have been growing in Greece uh, by not enacting, as it should have been, the Stability and Growth Pact. Um, now, this is only partially uh, the fault of, of Brussels, of course, um, and we need to, to remember that it's been France and Germany that at the time uh, in 2004, I believe it was, had uh, sort of pulled the last teeth of the Stability Pact. Um, but basically, this situation went on, and I would say that um, at Standard & Poor's, we were one of the, one of the few, really, that, that uh, pointed out that risks are going, uh, going to increase going forward um, without, of course, having anticipated the exact shape of this crisis, which I think um, uh, no, no one really had. Um, going forward, we, we did uh, declare default um, the, uh, at the moment that the ink dried on the law that uh, reintroduced unilaterally the collective action clauses, which uh, means nothing else than that a minority of bondholders, of creditors who are not willing to exchange their bonds can be overruled by the majority. Um, so this is a unilateral change of contract to the detriment of the investor, and that's by our definition a default. The new bonds that have been, uh, been uh, presented, the new government uh, securities, we assigned a rating of triple C, which is an extraordinarily low rating, uh, indicating that we believe that further restructuring down the road is more likely than not. And some of the reasons for that have to do with how the crisis has been, has been managed. Um, and we think that there have been a few issues that made it harder for Greece, but also other countries on the periphery to actually regain market access. Um, part of it, uh, and maybe only the most important one, there are a number, but for lack of time, I would only mention the fact that um, more and more creditors, official creditors, have been sort of jumping effectively the queue, becoming so-called preferred creditors, and uh, that means that in a case of restructuring, they do not participate. Now, the IMF has always been a preferred creditor in practice, um, but now we have sort of the European stability mechanism. We have the ECB uh, and the Eurosystem being a de facto preferred creditor. And for a country like Greece, where the official creditors are making up a larger and larger amount of credit, that means for the normal bondholder that the risk is increasing significantly. Because if there is a default and you need to get some recovery, um, you know, the IMF and the ECB and everyone else uh, on the official sector will get their money first and you may get something at the end. So that makes it riskier, meaning um, that the investor will demand a higher interest rate from, from Greece if they want to lend um, to Greece again. Um, that, of course, makes it harder for Greece uh, and other countries on the periphery to establish a sustainable um, debt trajectory going forward. So. Um, that has partly been sort of exacerbated by, by, by policy decisions on the European level, making it actually harder rather than easier to uh, regain uh, um, capital market access. Now, the, the, the main risk going forward, I think, has to do, uh, in the case of Greece, you need to, 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 to think about what all this means beyond the macroeconomic numbers. 
I mean, if you have a society where half of the young population is without a job and without a decent prospect of getting a job, this changes the nature of society. This changes the nature of the political discourse. And this changes also the political choices that societies may take. Uh, and this raises, of course, the risk for all sorts of developments, um, starting with populism to nationalism or sort of supposedly quick fixes like leaving the Eurozone. Um, uh, but basically, uh, if you cannot, as a policymaker, while you are demanding sort of um, savings every year and, and reduced living standards, you cannot demonstrate this is worth it. A few years down the road, that we will be better off and it will all be for the better. Um, this will mean that the society will, will, will change and the risk of populism and, uh, and political developments that, that could uh, corrode the foundations of the European uh, ideal, not only the Eurozone, are, are increasing. So that's the fine balance that needs to be kept, that you, uh, that you get the, the, uh, the adjustment path going, but at the same time you need to be able to create enough growth and social stability um, to sustain uh, society in a cohesive uh, fashion. Um, and that is a big challenge, and we think uh, this may entail down the road. I'm not predicting today when, but uh, at some point another restructuring of the outstanding debt, and that time maybe the official creditors need to come into the boat. Thank you, uh, Ronis, for being so disciplined with your time. Thank you. Uh, our next speaker is Dimitris Thaskolopoulos, the head of the uh, main employers association uh, in Greece. Uh, and um, thank you. Uh, Dimitris Thaskolopoulos, uh, I see, has been um, quite cr critical of the previous uh, Greek government, the Papandreou government, for being, quote, too timid in the face of vested uh, interest within Greece, uh, blocking uh, reform. Uh, I note that uh, this last January, I think, uh, SEV, the Employees Association, agreed with ESA, the main union organization, uh, not to adjust the level of the minimum wage uh, in Greece. Uh, in a moment, Paul Thompson may well remind us that he's on record as saying that the minimum wage in Greece uh, might have to be uh, lowered. So, uh, Dimitri, by way of introduction, I simply ask, uh, who is being timid here? Is it simply politicians, or is it possibly employers as well? Kevin, you're changing the playing field. Mm -hmm. I will keep this question to answer it afterwards, because, okay. and I do have a lot to say on that, uh, but we asked to come here and uh, give our judgment if uh, Greece will if Greece can exit its crisis, and I'll go right to my opinion, and uh, my response to this debate's question is, yes, it will. Uh, Greece will exit its crisis. I say, though, all the more if Europe itself decides to address and solve its own crisis. Uh, Greece is an integral part of the European Union, an important constituent of uh, the vision of European unity. And uh, today, the European experiment of uh, prosperity, social cohesion, convergence, and a common currency is being put in question, not only by markets, by, but by its own citizens. 
So I believe Europeans can surmount these challenges and reinvigorate the vision of the European Union only if they act together with a common sense of purpose. Where are we in Greece today? We all know the strict austerity program imposed on Greece has led uh, to an unemployment rate of over 20% and has taxed social cohesion to the limit. And uh, a still suffering Greece now faces the additional challenge of having to implement the terms of the second memorandum to adopt additional measures of uh, debt reduction, lest we end up with a new restructuring soon, and to relaunch growth. How did we get here? I think not to go very much back, but the priorities, we start with the first MOU and after the crisis was obvious. The, the priorities established by uh, the first MOU were wrong. The program demanded uh, or imposed a big and uh, extremely painful fiscal adjustment while uh, relegating the structural reforms to the second row. It was a, a grave misreading of uh, Greek political and social realities. Obviously, uh, more to blame is our own uh, political system because it found very difficult to implement and impose the structural reforms that uh, tackled uh, the power and the benefits of um, all these special interest groups which are very vocal. And instead of that, Greece opted for, and the Troika accepted, the <coughs> horizontal me measures that uh, hit everybody alike. Uh, with some foresight, as early as uh, November 2010, we at the Federation had suggested to the European Commission a change in emphasis, a change in emphasis where uh, fiscal adjustment should be slower in exchange for faster and more intensive structural reforms. Uh, this would have several benefits, obviously, less social pain and by result greater acceptance of the measures by the people, a sounder base for fiscal reform, and, and the timely creation of the prerequisites to return to growth. I think our arguments then are now belatedly reflected in the second memorandum, which does give priority and emphasis to the structural reforms, but still, crucially, I must say, leaves growth outside its preview. <coughs> Our uh, politics always an issue of concern, especially among elections. I should note that uh, in a first stage positive political response, uh, a few months ago, a new prime minister was uh, <coughs> a non-political person, was called upon to manage the new MOU agreement with the support of at least the two major parties. And this cooperation is a rare occurrence in Greek politics. And it may well signal the beginning of, uh, of deep and important changes in our political system. At the same time, though, the, the process of adjustment has created a deep political and social division. The coming elections will see the clash of two blocks. On the one side, those who support the reforms which will keep Greece as an integral part of Europe. On the other side, those who fight to maintain the status quo, to maintain their privileges, 
and, and thrive simply by criticizing the memorandum. I come now to uh, the wider European issue. Greece's case is not a crisis in isolation. Rather, it is symbolic of the problems inherent in the creation of the Europe. And we see that the contagion uh, to other European countries, many are in question today, is a reflection of the, the belief of the financial markets that the Eurozone is unable to meet its threats and, and because it lacks a lender of last resort. And the uh, Euro is no longer regarded as a truly sovereign currency. We have many Euros now in reference to the country of issue. And in the case of Greece, uh, the Greek Euro is dirt and the country risk has remained at a prohibitive level. Uh, even after the PSI. And this has brought the economy to a standstill and has totally suffocated the private sector, uh, which bears no responsibility for the crisis. So I believe one-dimensional austerity programs create havoc in societies and endanger the European Union's social cohesion. The EU has progressed significantly in recent years. However, it remains a weak economic entity and an even weaker political entity. And European leadership needs to address in a coherent and non-ideological way uh, the challenges of a lender of last resort and the challenges of sharing the burden of adjustment. Uh, also to start formulating growth-enhancing measures of a pan-European nature. The future of the Euro, if not of the EU, it itself depends on these decisions. And beyond that, and closing with this, uh, the Union must speak not only to its markets, to the markets, but to its people as well. Uh, if Europe is to surmount its existential crisis, it needs to express a new bold vision for its future and re-engage European citizens in this vision. Okay, thank you. Our uh, next speaker is Paul Thompson. Are uh, you going to speak from the lectern? Yeah. Uh, I believe there are PowerPoints uh, ready uh, for uh, Paul. Um, yesterday in the European Parliament, uh, Paul said that the minimum wage in Greece is about 50% higher than in Portugal. Uh, I see that at least one European um, organization has put on the internet uh, that the minimum wage in Greece is 586 euros. In Portugal, it's 485 euros. In other words, a difference of 18%, I think, rather than uh, 50. Paul, I wonder also if you've been entirely consistent in what you've said to different audiences. I read here in the UK, in the Guardian newspaper, you reported as saying that austerity is hurting Greece. There are limits to the social costs that can be imposed. So, dove, a dove or a hawk, is Greece at the limit of its social pain, or should the minimum wage be cut? Thank you. I will get to that. Let me quickly run through a few slides uh, to show you the, the problem. I think Greece has two problems. First, loss of competitiveness. This graph shows since Euro adoption, wage increases in Greece and the other graph shows wage increases in the Eurozone. Uh, this is, of course, a dramatically unsustainable development. 
and the implication is the current account deficit that after five years of recession is still running at 10% of GDP. Greece is a highly uncompetitive economy. This reflected more so than in any other country in periphery expansionary fiscal policy. Look at how Greece had a dramatic improvement in fiscal position until Euro adoption and then an equally dramatic deterioration with an attendant dramatic increase in debt, an increase in the deficit to 15.5% of GDP. Look also how, it, uh, uh, how there was, since 2002, actually taxes to, to GDP were sort of up and down, but more or less constant. All of it driven by increases in primary expenditure. All of it. Now, look also what's driving it. Two-thirds of the deterioration in the fiscal deficit of, uh, 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 you know, uh, from to 15.5% of GDP, the headline deficit. Two-thirds of this were driven by increase in social spending, which accounts still for 50, uh, 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 including pensions for 50% of primary expenditure, whereas taxes were relatively constant. Now, okay, look forward. Greece has achieved, I'll come first on fiscal policy, a very dramatic fiscal consolidation of 6% of GDP in an economy that contracted during these two years by 10%. Unprecedented, very impressive, undoubtedly painful, socially very painful, but no way around it. No country can finance deficits of 15.5% of GDP. No country can finance where they are now at 9.5% of GDP without support from the IMF and others. We still need, in order to get to something that's sustainable, another 6 to 7% fiscal adjustment in structural terms. We are concerned in this regard to avoid excessive pro-cyclicality in fiscal policy. One of the things and part of the new program is actually that the targets are being eased compared to the target we agreed only three or four months ago to avoid the uh, excessive pro-cyclicality. Looking forward, we agree that there's no more scope for increasing tax rates. And we agree that there is no scope for across the board cuts in wages and pensions. Doesn't mean one should not adjust wages and pensions, but not just across the board. So what does this mean? Greece needs, above all, to deal with its very, very pervasive problem of tax evasion. I would go as far as saying that if Greece does not, and he, he, Greece has, this is one of the areas where Greece has not been doing well. Despite we have had more than 30 technical assistance missions the last 18 months in Greece, to work on tax administration. Very little has been achieved. I will, I will agree to that. I will go as far as saying that if Greece does not deal with the problem of tax administration, I cannot see how over the long run it can maintain the social standards that you would want to expect of a European country while at the same time maintaining control over its uh, 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 public finances. And I also think it's uh, essential for the perception of fairness in the program that the government comes to grip with the problem of tax administration. It's a major, major challenge, for the, essential for the political support of the program as well. Looking forward, there is, it's unavoidable that there will have to be further reduction in social transfers, but it must be done in a socially balanced way, so you know, means testing and making sure that, that, that uh, those who need the, 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 the social transfers indeed, indeed get them. Greece must, need, must deal with some taboos. So far, it has been a taboo to let 
people go in a, in a, in a mandatory manner uh, uh, from what is a highly overstaffed public sector and also been a taboo to close uh, entities that are no longer uh, 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 no, you uh, uh, need it. So to get this 67% of fiscal uh, adjustment, I think one need to move on, along all these three fund tax administration, mean testing, social transfers, and dealing with these taboos. This is going to be resisted fiercely from vested interest. There's no doubt about that. But there's also no doubt in my mind, given what we have seen Greece delivering the last two years, I cannot see how one can argue that there's no political support for it. It, I mean, Greece has taken very difficult decisions, and I'm confident that they will continue to do so. Now, where the program has not done so well, I agree, is on structural reforms. This here shows the relative unit labor cost of Greece relative to the, Euro, to the Eurozone. And you can see that the relative unit labor costs are still very, very high. They need to be reduced by another 15%. The program attempts at doing that, and you can see in terms of, of the real effective exchange rate, it's, it's even uh, less of, of an improvement because the wage reduction has taken place so far has not really been passed on to prices. So what, what's happening on structural reform? Clearly, the fact that structural reform fell short of what we had expected was a major reason why the programs performed so poorly on, on, on as far as GDP and output is concerned. By now, there's been hope that the program that would have produced its critical mass of reforms that would begin changing the investment climate and get to an inflection point where the uh, improvement in competitiveness, expansion or export would offset the negative impact of fiscal consolidation on domestic demand. It has not happened. The economy has continued downwards, primarily because we have not this, reached this critical mass of reforms. I do not agree that the first memorandum did not focus on reform. I think the first memorandum focused primarily on reforms, but they were not implemented as, as, as ex expected. As a result, the economy is adjusting primarily through recessionary channels. That is a problem, right? If you wake up one morning and you find that you have a competitiveness gap of between wages and productivity, fundamentally you have two choices. Either you become more productive or you become poorer by reducing wages. We all want it to happen by increasing productivity, and we all agree that because, I think most of us agree, because of the lack of structural reform, we have seen too much happening to the recessionary channels on, of, of lower GDP, higher unemployment, and, and instead of higher productivity. So that is the challenge going forward, and this is what the program uh, uh, tries to deal with, to close this gap of about 15 uh, uh, percent. Now, to s what we need to do is to speed up the internal devaluation. There is no, no exchange rate. There's only one way of dealing with a competitiveness problem to an internal devaluation. There's no other magic to it. That you need to have cost in Greece going down relative to the cost level in the rest of the Eurozone. Many countries in the Eurozone which are busy becoming more and more competitive in a globalized in, uh, economy. That is a major challenge. It's a moving goalpost to become more competitive because the rest of the Eurozone is, is busy becoming competitive vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis the rest of the world. A major part of this program is liberalization of the labor market, including a reduction in, uh, in, in, in the minimum wages of, of, of 22% and a mechanism for basically ensuring that there is a that we are speeding up the realignment of wages, nominal wages at the firm level with productivity at the firm level 
to get the, the, uh, uh, the earlier su supply res response and to be sure that we not, don't not only have increase in unemployment uh, uh, but, but also adjustment in wages that, are, that allow the supply response to take place. Of course, there are other, these, these labor market reforms are essentially in place. Greece has done very well the last six months in putting in place these labor markets reform. Of course, it will not work as it intended if we don't liberalize products uh, and service markets so that, that, that the lower wages are passed through to prices. These are, most of these reforms still lie ahead. This is another area where there was disappoint, disappointments during the, during the first 18 months, two years of the program and, and where Greece needs to do better. And of course, there are a number of other uh, uh, reforms to cut red tape, additional reforms. I invite you to log into the IMF website. There's a report of 150 pages there explaining a long, long detailed list of reforms. Given the experience to date, there's no doubt that this is another area where there will be strong resistance from vested interest. I'm almost getting to an end. Uh, Financing. There's no doubt also that there's a realization that Greece will take you know, a decade or longer to fully deal with its problems. There's no doubt about that. It will take a long time to become uh, fully com competitive. The financing has been ad adjusted. There has been a deep PSI, a public sector involvement, restructuring of debt. European partners has committed to Greece that they will continue to provide financing until market access is, has been restored for however long it takes, provided that Greece continues to adjust. That's a major, major commitment of European partners. And we now have a four-year program from the IMF, longer support from the IMF. Still with all of this, it remains uncertain with this high level of debt and all these this, this risks that the program faces because of possible resistance to reforms it, it remains uncertain when market access will be restored. Let me just show you at the end. This is a slide here. This is a program baseline that shows that debt will be down to 116% by 2020 under the assumption that we are, and, and then further decline from there on. So debt will remain high well into the next decade, above 100, 100%. And look at the alternative scenario there where we just have small delays in privatization, small delays in, in, in fiscal adjustment and some delay in structural reforms uh, so you get a, a slower, slower boost in, in, in potential output uh, and you have debt clearly remaining at an unsustainable level. There is no room for maneuver in, in policy slippage. So is there a way out of the crisis? Yes. Greece must continue to bring down its deficit. There's no way around it. There's no way around bringing down the deficit. Already Greece is receiving support from the EC, the e Commission, the ECB, the IMF, far, far, far beyond what we are doing to any other country. In the next three months, the EFSF and the, the IMF will together disperse 110 billion euro, next three months, 110 billion euro into a 200 billion dollar economy. There is no other economy that receives this kind of support. So the notion that we can go slower have less fiscal adjustment, have higher fiscal deficit. It's just not in line with the political realities uh, 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 face, facing, facing Greece. Greece needs to continue to adjust its deficit, but it needs above all to undertake structural reforms. It will not reduce the deficits if it doesn't put this deficit reduction on a, on a sound 
fund, fund structural basis uh, to, to reforms in the public sector, and it needs above all, above all the reforms needed to improve the investment climate and start rest restoring growth. Very, very little room for maneuver, but Greece can get out of the crisis. Thank you, Thank you. Uh, very much, uh, Paul. Our final speaker is uh, Vicky Price, and I think, Vicky, you're speaking from the lectern as well? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, uh, with the, another PowerPoint uh, presentation. Uh, Vicky has written that Greece must make uh, major structural uh, reforms, but it needs more time to do so. And uh, I guess, Vicky, we're left to wonder, if Greece was given more time, could it still deliver? More particularly, perhaps, could this political class deliver? Can this Greek bureaucracy deliver? Well, the bureaucracy is indeed an issue, but uh, I'm sure we're going to get onto politics later on. Um, but just to summarize, really, because there is quite a lot of agreement between the speakers about some of the sort of reform issues that need to take place. But let's just step back a bit and think about what Greece uh, has been through. It's managed to get through the latest crisis, of course, in terms of securing agreement to release uh, funds under the bailout that we've just been hearing. And of course, the agreement that we got um, in terms of the haircut by private creditors. But of course, this doesn't mean that the end is in sight. In fact, far from it. I mean, the markets obviously still believe that there is a significant risk of default. And let's just look at this following slide. What this chart shows is interest rates on 10-year government bonds. It shows how, with the creation of the euro, the market treated all eurozone government debt as equally risky or equally safe in this particular case. It was an implicit assumption, of course, that the eurozone governments who would stand collectively behind the debts run by each member. We all know, of course, how wrong that has been. Uh, what happened, of course, is that we had Lehman's, and, and the markets took Lehman's, the collapse, as a signal that they could not make this assumption anymore. And we see the divergence in interest rates in the right-hand part of the chart, uh, which started happening at that time. And, of course, what's happening now is that we're back, practically, to where we were at the beginning of the creation of the euro. I've used this slide in Newsnight. Uh, it's one of the, you know, my preferred slides of the year. And what it shows is that actually we haven't really achieved anything very much in terms of how the various countries are viewed through that entire period. There's a bit of a difference in the middle, in the middle but then, of course, it's all been uh, going back to where it was before. What it means, really, is that Greece cannot borrow from external markets. The data in the charter from the ECB, of course, and they predate the recent agreement, so things have come down a little bit since. Nevertheless, if you look at Bloomberg's today, the rate on 10-year government bonds in Greece was still over 20%. So Greece is going to be reliant on the EU and the IMF for years to come. And recession, of course, is making matters worse. And we heard a little bit about the pain that Greece has had to put up with. Greece's GDP has been falling since the third quarter of 2008, as you can see here. Falling output, of course, hits revenues, uh, the tax revenues we heard about, increases benefit payments, which perhaps are too generous, of course, in Greece anyway, and inflates the debt-to-GDP ratio. The chart shows that 2012 is expected to be even worse than the last two years, with a fall in GDP as much as 6.9% if we believe some of the forecasters. In other cases, it's a bit less. In fact, the more up-to-date forecast from Oxford Economics and from the European Commission itself, which appeared in its recent structural adjustment program, in fact show no recovery, at least until 2014. That's a long period of pain which the Greeks have been putting up with. So in my view, this just cannot go on. There is a limit to how much an economy can adjust with deflation and internal devaluation. One of the reasons why Greece, of course, is in its current position, we've already <coughs> heard a little bit about that, 
it has singularly failed to do the right things. There's no doubt about that. It failed to invest enough in capacity. It failed to improve infrastructure. It failed to undertake the politically difficult structural changes that needed to be made. And of course, the result is that it has become terribly uncompetitive within the Eurozone. It needed to do all these things to at least bring Greece, those of you who know Greece well, I'm Greek-born myself, to bring it into the 20th century, let alone the 21st century. Huge changes needed to be done. And at best, the current austerity program will produce ever-increasing resistance to the structural reform that we've been hearing about required to improve this long-term competitiveness. And at worst, the Greek population and their leaders will decide enough is enough, and then they default on the rest of their debts. And indeed, I agree entirely, we've already had one default. But I think that would be very bad for Greece. As we have seen, the markets are just not going to lend to Greece in any hurry. So Greece will be shut out of those markets and will have, in fact, to rely even more on the IMF to survive in the future. And devaluation, this idea that we can leave the euro and, and uh, have the drachma again and have a nice devaluation and then everything will be solved, of course, won't help. Not only, of course, is everything going to, you know, the banks are going to be uh, bust and most people will be bankrupt and all the savings will be wiped out, but it also wouldn't help in that Greece doesn't have, unlike Argentina, an awful lot of things that it can export in the market, except possibly tourism. And that is only, I mean, it's significant, but really only one part of the economy. So what's the answer? In my view, the most economically efficient outcome would be for the Eurozone to realize and accept once and for all that Greece will not be able to repay anywhere near its projected level of debts. So there must be further very significant write-offs, including official lenders, as we've heard, who will need to take some of that pain as well, not just the private lenders that we've seen so far. And that has to be accompanied by an injection of investment finance into the Greek economy. It's true that the private investors are not terribly keen to do so, but nevertheless, there are loads of structural funds waiting to come in, and there could be more uh, financed by the various governments. There was a talk of a Marshall Plan. That's not a bad idea. It's really what happened after the Second World War. We can see that, too. I think Greece absolutely needs it. But in return for less fiscal pain, especially if we actually find the fiscal consolidation path, which is very important, is actually uh, extended a little bit, then Greece has to agree, and that's the politics that Kevin asked, to put its political capital behind serious economic reforms, privatization, opening up competition, reforms of its taxation system, which is absolutely essential, great reform of public services, which are indeed uh, you know, back in the ancient times, as far as I can see, perhaps they were more efficient then, and also, very importantly, reform its political and judicial institutions. And it must be possible to sell this to the Greek voter, despite all the protests we've seen so far. In my view, the average Greek might actually warm to the Eurozone if they do that, because for the moment, they feel very let down by the European Union. They wanted help when they joined the Euro. Not just money, but a degree of protection from the actions of their own politicians. And they feel they didn't actually get it. Nobody was minding the shop while all these things were happening since Greece joined the Euro and all those terrible figures that we saw uh, from the IMF. Then now, instead of any actual help, or at least as they perceive it, they see the EU telling them what to do, and also there is a, I mean, the Greeks are, love conspiracies. They believe that, in fact, there is a plot to sell uh, assets, Greek assets, cheaply, uh, bought by the foreigners, which will leave Greece even more impoverished in the future. So there is quite a schizophrenia around which needs to be addressed. But a generous gesture, gesture on the part of the EU might, in fact, change the climate. Um, the Greeks will, I think, accept that. But it may be harder to sell that to the average voter in Germany, the Netherlands, or Austria. They're the ones who see themselves having to foot the bill. They will need to understand that they will end up footing the bill anyway. Uh, either through debt forgiveness or through bailouts of their own banks, who, of course, are all interconnected, 
and there will be, of course, very considerable uh, contagion taking place. We see what the problems are now, for example, in Spain, or through the general cost of another recession in Europe as a whole. So, why not pay up graciously and enjoy as a result smiling service from a grateful Greek taxi driver when they arrive at the airport, and they can whiz down the newly renovated, paid for by the EU motorway from Athens to their holiday destination. And I think that would be a win-win. Otherwise, it would be a lose-lose for everybody. Thank you. Okay, I wonder uh, if we could ask each of the panelists to respond to a quick question very, very briefly. Uh, if we start on the basis of what's been said, uh, Moritz, uh, I wonder what it would take from the Eurozone in terms of action by the Eurozone that you would accept as being, as it were, a game changer. What would convince you uh, for that? Hold fire. Uh, Dimitris, I, I am interested that your presentation seems to talk a lot about Europe and I wonder about the responsibility of uh, domestic organizations and leaders for reform failure, whether it's just politicians that have uh, failed. Uh, for Paul, you emphasized um, that the Eurozone will stay with Greece as it makes the necessary uh, reforms. The Eurozone will stay with Greece. Uh, forgive me, I've been reading newspapers, Brussels, Germany, um, etc that they're actually expecting uh, Greece, possibly desiring uh, Greece uh, to exit. Why should Greece be confident that the Eurozone will stay the course uh, with them? Um, Vicky, uh, I understood the theory. Uh, can the domestic system actually deliver uh, the nirvana that you outlined uh, to us. So, very quickly, I'm going to limit you to two sentences. Uh, Moritz. Well, I think uh, for a game changer, most of the heavy lifting, as uh, most of the other speakers uh, alluded to, has to happen in Athens or in Greece. Um, I think the Europeans can be can be can be helped from 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 the sidelines. And as I pointed out, some of the um, policy measures that have been undertaken have not been helpful. Uh, I think what Europe can do, Europe can provide uh, a, a, a window of opportunity that is open for long enough so that the job that needs to be done in Greece can get done. Uh, okay, thanks. Dimitri. You asked if it's just politicians that failed, had failed and if there's any other responsibility. I'd say in a mess of this size, nobody can claim that they, that they were not to blame. Uh, all groups. But here we've had a country that has been dominated by the state, uh, which owned 70% of the economy and was intervening in all of the rest of it, uh, dealing in a clientele relationship with all groups and holding the pie for that. Uh, there is responsibility for others, but you cannot blame the people or the other uh, groups as much as the leaders, and they were very wrong. Okay. Um, Poo. Well, you uh, misquoted me. You didn't uh, uh, catch my qualifier. Europe will stay with Greece, provided Greece continues to adjust, provided the program stays on track. Eurozone's leader were very explicit about that in the June uh, summit. They repeated this in the October summit. European partners and the IMF has committed another 130 billion uh, uh, program. 
in, into a $200 billion economy. It is truly exceptional support. And the, and the notion that, that, that what's going on with Greece is, is a reflection of, of lack of support from, from abroad, I think is, it's, a, it's a serious, serious mistake to make that argument and, and think that the main problem lies abroad. It, is, it lies with, with, with the Greek society to undertake the right thing. Greece has done some very courageous, painful thing, but it needs to do the structural reforms needed. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Um, well, I, I agree that uh, it's not very easy to change the political system, but I think, A, we may well be moving into a coalition in the next government, which will be after the elections, would be really quite interesting. Uh, B, I think uh, there could be a change if the alternative is explained to the Greeks in proper terms. And that hasn't happened to the extent that it should have happened. After all, you still have the Greeks, 80% of the Greeks actually want to stay in the Eurozone, which can actually be exploited quite, quite you know, favorably, if you like. At the same time, you have 80% against the reforms. So if you can swing, swing that around, then you can, you can make that change. But I think there is a very important issue which has to do with the administration. It is a very uh, ineffective, politically aligned administration. And it should be, I think, a bit more like the UK. It's one of the things we can export from here, uh, which is you have a completely impartial, unpoliticized administration. I think a lot more will happen if we're able to do that. And I think it's one of the jobs of the IMF and others, uh, the okay. EU task force, to actually change that. Okay, thanks. I think you may have uh, read too much into the Yes Minister programme, but nevertheless, uh, we take the, the basic uh, point. Uh, you've been very patient. Uh, there are people around the um, theatre downstairs and upstairs with microphones. I'm going to invite you to ask a question, uh, emphasis to ask a question. Uh, if you could, not a speech, please. We don't have time. I want to bring as many people as possible into the discussion. And uh, if you could identify uh, who you are, uh, please, as well. Um, so there's a gentleman in the middle on the second to back row, row uh, here, please. And if we could take perhaps three questions at the time. Please. There's, there's been a lot of talk about um, Greece, but it's, there hasn't been a lot of talk about the tolerance of um, the other countries in the Euro, and we've got elections coming up in both um, France and Germany, and it'd be nice to see what the panel thinks about what the electorate actually thinks about everything. Okay, thanks. Uh, if we could have the gentleman at the very back here in the... Yes, yes. Um, question for Mr. Thompson. If you could just identify yourself to the... Yes. Um, what kind of government and political <laughs> environment... Could you just say who you are, please? Oh, it's Labis Tsirikotakis from Greek TV, your team. Um, what kind of government and political environment would you like to see after the coming elections? I suspect you're going to give a long answer to that. Uh, Andreas, uh, could you identify yourself, please? Hi, my name is Andreas Kutras. Um, I've got actually two very short questions. Um, a fundamental tenet of any restructuring is the fact that the borrowers should come out in a much better position after the restructuring. Now, in the case of Greece, it didn't. Uh, the first question then is, why was it done? Was it just a political game between Germany and the markets? Nothing to do with the economy of Greece. And my next question is that I would like to ask, how do you explain the, the fact that none of the major political parties in Greece uh, do not support or have reform agenda in their political parties? How do you expect for the program to succeed if none of the major parties, not the major politicians, actually have any inkling to, to reform? Thanks. Uh, 
Paul, do you want to start? Yeah, I... Uh, uh, We're all desperate to hear what kind of government you'd yeah, like well, to it's, see. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we will uh, work with any government that wants to work with us and that the Greek uh, people puts, uh, puts in, in, in power. On the... On the okay, thanks. On, uh, on, 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 the, on the second uh, question, uh, uh, the, 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 pro the program uh, failed in some area, made significant progress in other areas. By now there's a tendency to underestimate the many good things that, that have happened, uh, not, not least in, in, in addressing the problems in, in, in the public sector. Uh, significant progress in, in, in that area. Uh, we. Uh, no, we uh, we adjust the program and move forward, and I am uh, I'm sure by the end of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a good chance of be of, of being successful. It is a program that has high implementation risks because we you know, we understand the difficulties politically, that the, the, the strong opposition to some of these very difficult reforms. There's no doubt that uh, uh, success is not a given, but I also think that it's very clear, if you look at last year, where the you know, reforms fell short, particularly in the last year, in 2011, because they started out very well, actually, in 2010, as, as there was a clear perception in Greece that Europe was starting to lose patience with the lack of reform in Greece, and that there was a clear risk uh, uh, to, 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 to Greece uh, uh, from, from losing European support. There was, as one of the speakers uh, explained, there was a realignment in Greek politics. And we are seeing, I, I hope, a realignment where there is a broader political support for, uh, for, 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 for the program. And I think that reflects that the Greek, no, Greek political system understands what is at stake. I hope that this, it reflects that. And I hope that that broader consensus for, behind the program uh, uh, will, will uh, prevail. This is up for the um, for, for the Greek uh, for the Greek people uh, uh, to, okay. to decide. Okay. Uh, but do you want to answer the question about the um, borrowing arrangements and the uh, whether this was to favour Germany and the market? Well, I you know I don't accept this thing that uh, the notion was that it failed, uh, and therefore there must have been something else behind it. It succeeded in many important areas. In some areas, it fell short. So. We know we uh, we regroup, we adjust, and we mo we move forward. This program is about restoring growth in Greece and job creation in Greece. That's what it's all about. It's been about it's about from the beginning, and that's what it's still about. It's proving much more difficult than anybody expected two years ago for a number of reasons, external and internal. The external environment is much more difficult than they expected. As long as Greece adjusts, its partners will assist it with this difficult process. Okay. What is what uh, impact might uh, elections in France and elsewhere um, have on the Eurozone and the um, ability to Greece to get out of it? That was the question. Well, I think the, uh, in, on the political side, I think most of the good news is, is probably out. Um, we had sort of, as you said, we have sort of technocratic governments in countries like, like Greece and Italy, which has uh, enthused uh, observers and, 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 and markets alike. Uh, but we have lots of elections, we have referendum in Ireland, we have sort of uh, political um, uh, you know, controversy uh, about the, the right way forward in countries like the Netherlands. 
Um, in Germany, it uh, tends to be uh, fairly divided. But, but again, um, this is a relatively secondary issue. If, if countries like Greece can demonstrate that, uh, that they are doing the right Greece thing. Greece can demonstrate, I promise. Yes, <laughs> then, then everything will be fine. Um, one thing, just uh, as a thought, uh, because Germany, of course, is at the, at the heart of this problem because they're the main sort of contributor to, to all of these uh, endeavors, and, and the political power has shifted fairly uh, dramatically uh, to the German government. Uh, European integration and unification has been the cornerstone of German foreign policy since the Second World War. It's likely to remain that way. I think okay. uh, some of the stories that they're going to throw everything uh, on the ground are fairly implausible. Okay. Vicky wanted to come uh, in. Well, just on the, like the second bailout and, and whether it actually helped or not in terms of the debt. I mean, clearly the debt still stays quite high, but there's supposed to be some cap as a result of it. But if you look at the details of it, um, the Greeks could argue that very little has actually gone straight into the economy because I think it was only about 6.6 .6 billion, which is going straight to pay for various companies that haven't been paid for procuring for procurement that the government had made. So they, so that's good at least. A lot of the rest has gone into capitalising the banks, uh, rewarding them for the PSI losses uh, that they made, and also paying um, in a particular diff different place for the debt that, you know, so that the debt is actually serviced by the Greeks, rather than actually going directly into the economy. And that's the issue. It may make sense because, you know, that's the best you could get and you needed certainly to get the market to stabilize, but it isn't as if you actually resulted in a huge injection of funds into, into Greece. Other things need to happen on the side, I think, for it to make a difference. Okay, thanks. Dimitri, who are you going to, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> I always decide on Sunday morning, not before. <laughs> and I don't even know which Sunday it is yet. <laughs> uh, about uh, the political situation in Greece, I think I see two things very positively. The fact that uh, in various ways in the last five months, Greeks have, uh, you know, uh, voted in a referendum without doing it or have expressed strongly their uh, insistence to stay in Europe. I you know that the Greek people understand what's, what has gone wrong and uh, they want to do whatever is necessary to stay in Europe. The other positive fact is that our political parties already did uh, the unthinkable up to now, that they did try and did manage somehow to work together on, on some issues. That is the positive side. Okay. Now, the PSI, uh, I think that's what you meant when you said uh, an agreement should uh, bring the borrower in a better space than uh, situation than he was. Well, we're not. Look at the pricing of Greek bonds today. So we all keep trying. Greece has uh, been doing a lot. Uh, Europe is uh, supporting us, but the results don't come for various reasons. Some of us are our problems. Some are with the, the program, <coughs> and especially what worries us as Greeks is this fervor and this insistence on the one-sided definition of competitiveness and the one-sided insistence on internal uh, devaluation. We, well, we do need to respond and, and have some discussion when we have time. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I just want to get as many people as uh, possible. The gentleman on the front here. Mm. 
Mr. Paulson, um, you are aware that IMF economic programs have significantly worsened the public health care infrastructure. I have here a paper from the University of Cambridge that proves that. Let me, let me read two lines. Participation in an IMF program is associated with increases in mortality rate of about 15%. Conversely, when countries le left IMF program, mortality rates dropped by roughly one-third. What do you have to say? This is extremely important, Mr. Paulson. Other questions, please. Uh, the gentleman in the very middle here, the purple tie. My name is George Henry Nicolaou, and uh, this is the question for Mr. Thompson, but also for any other member of the panel. Um, what leverage does the Troika have in forcing Greece to implement the program? This is the second time we have been through a restructuring. And uh, apart from creating bad habits for the Greeks so they can come up for a third time, it is also the question of here the, the arrangement of interest is if you back, walk away, as you implying from your statement, as long as Greece does, then you lose money because the Greeks will not pay you. So what is the outcome of that? Can you help us see a little bit of the future here? Okay. Uh, last question in this round, there's a guy in a blue shirt at the back, please. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Olivier Vardakoulias from the New Economics Foundation. Uh, I think it is uh, pretty ironic uh, to be hearing that Greece is different, just like Argentina was different, just like South Korea was different, and just like many sub-Saharan African countries were different or like Turkey was different indeed. But the fact is that the IMF's structural adjustment programs in Greece as, el as elsewhere have abysmally failed to deliver growth or any form of positive transformation. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the more a country was following the IMF prescription, the worse it was doing. While countries that shifted away from these type of programs, like Argentina, did much better. I think the IMF has acknowledged part of that, but still, it continues to apply the same policies, despite the fact that its own researchers have criticized the results of these programs. The second thing, like an additional specificity of this program, is the internal devaluation paradigm. I don't think that there is any evidence in economic theory and economic history, which is even more important, than these, that these are a consistent substitute to an external devaluation. So to the question, can Greece get out of the crisis? I will answer that Greece will only get out of the crisis if it defaults on its debt properly, on its own, and gets out of the Eurozone. Thank you very much. Moritz, you want to start off on the uh, should Greece default and get out? Well, it sounds sounds very tempting. Uh, I, I would. Uh, I'm almost. Uh, you know, usually uh, I, I get these type of questions. I'm, I'm I'm quite quite happy that you're here, Paul, and take take most of the flag. Um, <laughs> I, I, 
but but in justice, I think uh, consider yourself uh, a situation where the IMF and the EU. It's, it's actually, I mean, you say the IMF, the IMF, the IMF, the IMF is sort of one of one of one of the two. The other one is the EU, which provides much more funds actually. But assume that the Troika walks away, the outcome for Greece would be worse because if, with no funding from the markets, with no funding from official sources, as long as you still have a primary deficit, you need to reduce the primary def cash deficit to zero immediately overnight. You need to cut pensions more. You need to fire more people from the public service. You need to uh, cut wages even more because you don't have the buffer that these guys trying to provide. Now, with all, and all the details are, are, are the right, uh, sort of exactly in the right place, um, is not for me to judge, but the, the seemingly easy option, just walk away from it all and everything will be fine, I think is factually absolutely untenable uh, because the funding still needs to come from somewhere and no one else is currently willing to put any money into Greece other than the Troika at this point. So that's, that's the, the only game in town. Dimitri. I fully agree on that issue. It is not an option for Greece. It is not an option for Europe. I do try to come back to that. This single-minded focus on Greece is wrong. We have uh, the need to help other countries. We have other countries being threatened by the markets. And uh, that is why I propose that we should stick together as Europeans. If we start uh, breaking up this model, it is the end of Europe. Is that what we want? Okay, thanks. Uh, Vicky? Um, well, I've already said that I don't think the, the Drachma solution is the right one, I'm afraid, but I do agree with all the other sentiments. Uh, particularly, I do think that the IMF um, austerity package um, has been exaggerated uh, in Greece, and it needs to, in fact, be uh, lengthened uh, and sweeten as given as quickly as possible, because otherwise we will end up in the sort of worst situation that we discussed before. And I think that's important both for Greece and for the official uh, lenders to Greece. I think at the end of the day, the IMF will have to pay quite a lot to sort out a bankrupt country. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let me start with the with the last point. Uh, it's I am I am all for. Uh, not having excessively pro-cyclical fiscal policy, and we have slowed down the, 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 the fiscal adjustment. And I'm all for the, for for, uh, for that. Uh, no. It's all about reforms, and and, and, and uh, so I, I have I have I have no pro problem with that. But still, there needs to be a steady reduction in the deficit. I I explained to you that for all of these, no, from all of the three institutions, we are way 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 beyond our normal limits in supporting uh, Greece. Our money comes from a membership that on average is much poorer than Greece. I mean, you have to think about that. We cannot maintain this long-term financing of deficits forever. There has to be a steady reduction in the deficit. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be possible if it's done in a, in a rational way through structural reform. There are no more low-hanging fruits. That's why it's going to be difficult going forward. It has to be through structural reform, dealing with taboos, laying off people who are not needed in the public sector, 
means testing, uh, uh, so, social uh, transfers, improving tax administration. These are all structural reforms. Without willingness to do these structural reforms, the program will fail. I agree, but it is possible to do these structural reform. As far as the broader structural reform on growth, I disagree with the other speakers. I did not get one example of what it is that you're against. What are the structural reforms? Well, one of them that were mentioned in, in the beginning, when, when we, uh, when we uh, started the program, was the liberalization of the trucking industry, where for many, many years there had not been issued trucking licenses. And licenses were so, uh, selling for, for 300,000 uh, euros plus. Somebody told me anecdotally, I don't know if it's correct, that it, but if I was eating a tomato in, 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 in Greece, it was produced in greenhouses in, in, in Holland and trucked down to Athens because of the price of transportation services. Now, who are we protecting by not liberalizing something like that? Who? Who is it that you want to protect? It's uh, uh, by, by, by uh, what, what economic efficiency comes from maintaining such structures. So this is what structural reform is about. Nitty gritty, doing away with the rents, making sure that the investment climate improves. And the social pain, the impact on health? <laughs> well, Yes, <laughs> I think it's absolutely essential, and I said that in, in the beginning, that Greece you know, maintains a social safety net that is, that is well targeted. We are spending a lot of time on in introducing means testing, making sure that, that, that money for spent on social assistance is spent effectively. I made the point before that I, I'm worried that if one don't improve tax administration, it will be difficult for Greece to, to do so. The reforms are full of measures to try to alleviate the social impact. The cotton pension, the cotton, cotton wages, exempted the ones of the lower pension, pensions, the lower wages. So this notion that we are not concerned about uh, the vulnerable soci in society is just not correct. Okay, thanks. We're very tight for time. What I suggest is that I'm going to take two questions and any member of the panel can respond. Which question? On health. <coughs> you want to try again? Well, I, no. I can. Well, okay. So, I guess the implication of the question is that uh, you show sensitivity, you say, but nevertheless the record um, shows an impact on health and uh, suicide rates, which is alarming. Well, I, uh, no, I, have, I, I, I am alarmed by, uh, by uh, no, the, 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 the social problems uh, in, in, in Greece also, and I think it's absolutely essential that one maintain adequate uh, social service. Let me give you an example. Pharmaceutical. Greece spent dramatically more on pharmaceuticals than uh, any other European country. Dramatically more. So what does the program do? It goes in and, oh, for instance, it introduces e-prescription. It, uh, it, it introduces uh, 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 you know, uh, lists of, of medicines that can be used, uh, more use of, of, of generics, and slowly the, the, the cost of, of, of to, to the Greek society, a pharmaceutical is going down. That's the kind of reform of the, of the healthcare uh, sector. Nobody is insisting on 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 on, on making changes that that will prevent Greece from Greek citizens from getting adequate medical services. It's just it's just okay. a myth. Okay, we're going to take t uh, two last questions. One downstairs, one upstairs. Uh, can we take the uh, gentleman with the red tie? Hi, Isaac Arpidis from Adena TV and Real News. 
Basically, I would like to ask uh, Mr. Thompson if he can guarantee to all of us here that after the new government, we are not going to have more austerity measures for the people in Greece. Thank you. Okay. And uh, final question, the, uh, the guy in the black shirt in the middle, please. Uh, it'll be to your, uh, on your right-hand side. Oh, okay. Hello. Uh, my name is Eric Klopfer. I would like to ask a question concerning the latest pact of austerity measures, including the minimal, the reduction of the national minimum wage, because you wanted an exact, um, specific example about the pact. So there are many actual academic papers stressing that the reduction of a national minimum wage does not, uh, does actually hinder job creation among those papers, those of Alan Kruger's, for instance, um, of, of Princeton. Uh, so do you believe that by pushing an agenda and having as two main aims of creating growth and jobs that is actually achieved is an efficient way to achieve that, or is it more in a, a neoliberal ideological agenda that you're trying to push through the IMF Foundation? Thank you. Okay, thanks. Um, Poole, do you want to answer the, these final two questions? Yeah, I will do that. Uh, Greece, after the elections, there's no doubt will have to continue to reduce its fiscal deficit steadily. As I said before, if it under, undertakes the necessary structural reforms, it can be done in a manner that is socially uh, fair and well-balanced. Undoubtedly, uh, some of the privileged groups that would have to surrender their privileges will, uh, will, resist, uh, will resist it, and it will be difficult. But I do think that it's possible to do this, this further fiscal consolidation that is necessary in a, in a, in a, in a, in a socially uh, well-balanced way, provided that one undertake structural reforms and do not be enforced into these across-the-board weights and, and, and pension uh, cuts. Second, on the, on the minimum wage, uh, I'm not quite sure I, I, you know, I, I understand the logic. Uh, 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 seem to think that it would actually be good to increase the minimum wage, but uh, uh, Greece has a minimum wage if you adjust for the fact that it's uh, that it's paid over over on 14 installment, it has has an average minimum wage per month that is uh, of that is that is 50 percent above Portugal. That is 20 percent above Spain. Once you do this adjustment, these I mentioned that on the internet, there's lots of people disagreeing with these well, figures. Well, uh, these are, are, are numbers from Eurostat. Okay. So. Uh, uh, and uh, no, five to seven times above Romania and, and uh, Bulgaria. And okay. no, whether it's 50% above or 40% above, or whether it's 20 or 15% above Spain, the fact is that you cannot, you cannot be surprised that you have countries with youth unemployment of 40% or above if at the same time you force them to be priced out of the market. By, by, by minimum wages that are out of line with the productivity of the society. Okay. So this is, uh, no, this is, is difficult. Okay, thanks. Okay, hang on. Have you finished? Okay. Okay. What a... <laughs> no, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have a minimum wage in Germany. Um, we... 
we're desperately out of time. What I would like to do is to give uh, each of the other speakers uh, just one minute to conclude on any aspect they wish to pick up uh, on modesty or to re-engage with any particular issue that uh, you didn't have time with. Yeah, I think uh, w one issue that wasn't, wasn't addressed very much, but I think it's very pertinent, is whether adjustment like this can happen within a monetary union. Um, and many of the, of, of the questions uh, seem to doubt that. And, 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 and surely it's more difficult uh, because it, it removes layers of flexibility that you would have if you have your own currency. But there are uh, fairly encouraging examples that it can be done if the political uh, uh, preconditions are actually there and the flexibility is there. And I would mention, for example, cases like, like in the Baltics, which had been uh, uh, engaging in adjustments which are broadly uh, comparable uh, without breaking the peg. And they had the temptation to actually devalue because they had their own currency and didn't do so. Uh, but I think at the end of it came out stronger for it. Okay, Dimitri? I still owe an answer from the question at 7 o'clock. I'm uh, sort of unnerved to see uh, the IMF, which together with Europe is actually helping us and looking after us, being unnerved itself and, uh, uh, you know, developing a persistence because uh, we have worked together and I am all for structural reforms, about breaking the taboos in Greece. We have been very critical about the political system, especially of all the interest groups that are, are you know, trying to, to stop this change. And I totally agree that the deficit must be cut uh, deeply and rapidly, and that one of the best ways to do that is fight the interest groups and f fight the tax evasion issue. But here I say again our concern as Greeks, as mostly reflected in the issue of wages, comparison with other countries, and uh, lowering the minimum wage, is that this is a single-minded focus to very rapid internal devaluation, which one, does not work, and second, I don't have great respect for economists, but I still believe that they are able to come up with some other creative ideas in the meantime, especially since this is becoming a European problem, and as we hear from everywhere, it is a unique problem in the history of the world. So uh, we resisted the wage, the across-the-board minimum wage cut in Greece, and that is because we are business people. We manage companies. We work with people. We need our employees to be uh, working with us. Otherwise, the company is down the drain. That's why we resisted that. And uh, I tell you, I don't believe any of the large serious companies will go ahead and implement this law to cut the minimum wage. Of course, it is necessary to bring down the average wages, which are high in many sectors. It's not the minimum wage that is our problem. And uh, the flexibility we have in the market up to now with the reforms that were done in Greece are more than enough. So my question, my suggestion is, uh, I think Greeks know that we'd be much worse if we didn't have the support of Europe. And nobody has been against that or uh, ungrateful. On the other hand, yeah, I'm sure. OK. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay. Thank the you. people thank you. that are complaining, they are right. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, the. the I'd say. Okay. Forgive, forgive me, the audience has come to that hear the panel saying, uh, conclude. Uh, Dimitri, have you done? Unless you want me to say it in Greek, maybe you understand it better. No, no, no. no. Okay. okay. Uh, Vicky, final word with you. I, may I oh, finish sorry, sorry. by saying that? Sorry. The people who are angry are rightly angry because, as we said here, Mr. Thompson mentioned that uh, as well, it's, uh, uh, we should be over with across-the-board cuts, and we need, it was expressed many times, we need to see a light. Uh, we need, as leaders here maybe, to, to show the promise. We haven't yet. It's all pain and no clarity in the future. And I think one thing we should do, stop focusing on what is wrong in Greece. We're doing a lot to change that. We should start focusing what is good in Greece, and there's plenty of that, and start focusing on how to, to help that. Europe is putting a lot of money behind that. Why don't they put some positive reinforcement, some innovative ideas, and some um, encouragement? Okay, thank you. Uh, Vicky, the final word. I can just say that, um, I mean, Greece is not unique. I mean, lots of other countries need a lot of structural reform. In fact, if you can look at what Italy needs to do, and you substitute, you know, whatever you've asked for Greece on Italy, you find similar things there in terms of open, needing to liberalize uh, tax collection and everything. So, so first of all, we, we, we have problems that others have as well. And to focus so much on Greece is probably wrong. And the view has been given that it's Greece which is a problem in Europe, whereas, in fact, it's much wider. Uh, it is a crisis that has hit us all. Clearly, Greece needs to reform. But the thing we need to bear in mind is that in the UK, with a, um, if I may say, an impartial civil service, as I used to be a civil servant myself, um, during the Thatcher years, the revolution in the Thatcher period took over a decade for it to have a, a serious effect on growth in the economy. To expect Greece to reform as quickly as has been imposed on it uh, is, I think, very unrealistic and it's caused a lot of the problems that we hear from upstairs. Okay, uh, I'm going to, just one, one second, uh, be patient. Uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, remain in your seats as the uh, panel uh, leaves through the door uh, here. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's a standard LSE uh, policy for our guests. Uh, I suspect we have not uh, cheered you up at all, uh, but hopefully the panel has uh, made you more informed of the various uh, opinions which have been expressed. So on your behalf, can I thank very warmly each of our panel uh, members. Thank you. Thank you.